Reading from my book, Reverse the Course of Depression, Chapter 2, Sometimes I Just Want to Die. I just wish I could quit living. I pray to God that He would just take me home. No one would care if I wasn't even around anymore. Every day, people find a reason to live. And for some dealing with depression, that reasoning could be blocked with clouds of doubt and with confusion on what life is supposed to look and feel like. According to the American Psychological Association, the suicide rate increased 33% from 1999 through 2017. Suicide ranks as the fourth leading cause of death for people ages 35 to 54 and the second for 10 to 34-year-olds. It remains the tenth leading cause of death overall. Notice how the APA describes the difficulty in finding clues to prevent such a tragic event in a person's life. Quote, pinpointing the reasons that suicide rates rise or fall is challenging in part because the causes of suicide are complex. Risk factors include health factors such as depression, substance use problems, serious mental illness, and serious physical health conditions including pain. Environmental factors, such as access to lethal means and stressful life events, including divorce, unemployment, relationship problems, or financial crisis, and also historical factors, including previous suicide attempts, a family history of suicide, and a history of childhood abuse or trauma. In total honesty and transparency, I was not living on my deathbed as some who are moments from taking their own life. I was not staring down the barrel of a pistol or clenching my fist full of pills in hopes of never waking up. But I did get so low in my depressive state that those thoughts crossed my mind. Every suicidal action that has taken place all began with one single thought. The final outcome is determined by what you do with that thought. I will be very respectful in this area because I know that people reading this have had family members who have taken their life. In fact, I truly believe that several people holding this book right now have attempted, if not once, but multiple times to check out of this place. This is not something to take lightly, but it is also an area that has a wide range from a single thought all the way to taking action. There are many people who will say they want to die, but not really mean it. Well, not in the way you're thinking. Sure, they want to give up, but they really don't want to go through death. Yes, they may want things to change, but they secretly want to hang around to see how things end up. When those thoughts came across my mind, it was simply to stop the pain and embarrassment of what I had done. The decisions I had made brought a backlash unlike any other. It not only affected me, but it also affected my family deeply. Was I ready to stop breathing? Not really, but I was thinking of all the choices I had in making the pain go away. So it's not that we want to die, we just want to feel better. And if we allow the thoughts in our head and our emotions, they tend to dictate our outcome. It can be tragic. That's why we must take every thought captive process it, and determine what we need to do with it. Elijah is a man that could better describe what I am talking about here. He was a prophet in the Bible that had some big wins in his life, but he's known for a weak moment that almost took his life. His story is found in 1 Kings chapter 18. 
The story goes that Elijah decided to challenge some false prophets to see whose God was greater. Of course, Elijah representing the one true God, but he built a stage to show his power. The game was simple. Take an ox, put it on the sacrificing table, and call fire from your God to consume the sacrifice. The false prophets went first, and the story goes that they cried and prayed all day and into the night, to the point that Elijah started mocking them by encouraging them to pray louder, as though their God could not hear them. These false prophets were taking this challenge very seriously, to the point they started cutting themselves until their own blood started coming out. They finally gave up. Now it was Elijah's turn. Not only did he place the oxen on the altar, but he added four pictures of water. What? You were calling fire down from heaven, so you watered down the sacrifice? Not only one round of water, but three times he pours water on the sacrifice. But that was how much faith Elijah had in God. Then Elijah started praying. The Bible says in 1 Kings 18 verse 36 that the fire came down from heaven. Not only did it consume the sacrifice that was drenched in water, but it consumed all of the water out of the trench. It was then on Elijah's command that all 450 false prophets were killed on that day. Well, before sunset, word had gotten back to Jezebel, who was sitting as the ruler of that land. She sent word to Elijah that she was going to do to him what he had done to her prophets. And now we find this man of God running scared. In one moment, he is mocking the enemy, and now he's running from it. He has such great power and tenacity until the words of a woman scared him to the point of running for his own life. Jezebel represents power because of her position in the kingdom. Isn't it amazing how the enemy knows what voice to use in your life to have you running scared? Sometimes it's the boss who says he's going to fire you. It could be an ex-spouse who says she's going to destroy you. Or it could even be a hidden lover who threatens to expose you. By running, Elijah was saying that God had enough power to send fire down from heaven, but he wasn't powerful enough to defeat Jezebel. He is running because he is listening to the wrong voices. He is running because he is believing what he hears instead of what he knows. And he runs and hides under a tree, and that is the moment that this saved, scared man of God becomes suicidal. That's when he tells God to just kill him right then and there. That's what happens when an individual commits suicide. They start believing the voices they hear instead of trusting what they know. Voices that say you will never amount to anything. Voices saying you will never bounce back from this. Voices loudly proclaiming you are doomed. But I don't believe Elijah really wanted to die, mainly because of his actions. His mind is saying give up, but his heart is telling him to run. His head is telling him to ask for death, but his feet are moving to keep him alive. If he truly wanted to die, why not just let Jezebel do it? She already committed to the act. But this is what I want you to get from this chapter. What happened to Elijah is what is happening to you right now if you are having suicidal thoughts. He didn't want to take his own life. He just wanted to stop living in fear. He didn't want to die. 
He just wanted his situation to change. You don't want to stop living. You don't want to leave your family and close friends that you love. You certainly don't want to go out like this. Just admit that you're just wanting to stop living in fear. The fear that you will never get better. The fear that life will always suck. The fear that your enemies could be correct and that you are not worth it. Fear that you will not be able to live a productive life. Fear that the drugs you can't stay away from will eventually kill you. Fear that you will never measure up to the expectations of others. Fear that your mistakes are too far backwards for you to come forward. Fear that your past decisions have ruined your life forever. Fear that your current state of life is going to be your forever state of life. The reason thoughts of ending my life even entered my mind was because I started believing the voices that I was hearing. People who said I would never be used by God again. A church secretary who said she would make sure that I never preached in church again. Elders who would call or show up at a church that I was visiting to make sure I did not get my healing. I wasn't thinking about suicide because I wanted to die. I was just wanting to stop living in the fear of what others were saying. Had I listened to the voices, I would not be here to type these words to encourage you. If I had given in to what I was hearing, then I would not be able to travel the world to encourage others who are dealing with depression. The enemy will use whatever voice that he feels will have the biggest impact on you. Sometimes he uses who you have trusted to be your close friend. Sadly, at times, he uses your own family members who never think before they speak. Or in my case, he can use the words of other preachers or pastors. I had a youth pastor who called me during the toughest part of my battle, and he told me, quote, it would be better for me and my family if I would just disappear, end quote. What he didn't know, I was thinking the exact same thing. But had I listened to my thoughts instead of trusting what I know, my family would have lost and my enemies would have won. I don't know about you, but I can't give them that satisfaction. You must take every thought captive and then process it. Is it something you are just hearing from people who don't even care about you, or is it something you know? What I was hearing was I was not fit for the church anymore. I heard that I was done and could never return. I was told to disappear and do everyone a favor. But that wasn't what I knew. I knew God to be the giver of second chances. I knew God was not the type to throw people out. I knew that I could use this test and turn it into a testimony. I knew I could turn this mess into a message. So what kept me alive was blocking out what I was hearing and simply trusting what I know. Throughout the rest of this book, we will be discussing how to put this into action. If you are at the point of suicide and you feel like it would just be best to end it now, stop listening to the voices. Trust your own heart and allow God to show you what He can do with you. He doesn't need anyone else's permission to accomplish with your life what was destined for you before you were ever born. You may have to get away for a bit to allow the confusion to die down in your head. You may have to block people on social media so their voice is not drowning out what you know. You may have to take a sabbatical or just a weekend away with no phone and no outlet for your enemies. You just need a few seconds of clarity to remind yourself of what you know.